Well, good morning, everyone. We're going to do things just a little bit differently here this morning. So you go ahead and take a seat. And everybody who always comes in late is going to miss it. So, <laughs> no, it's great to see you here this morning. Like I said, we're going to do things just a little bit differently. I'll explain that in just a little bit. But if this is your very first time to be here at one in Chapel Lake, Travis, it's great to have you here with us. There's some a little bit of information out at the welcome desk about who we are. But in front of you, there's a little connection card. If you wouldn't mind just taking time to fill this out. And if there's things that we can pray for you about, give some feedback on the services. That helps us know how to do things better around here. And if there's ever things going on in your life that you want us to know about, this is a lot of times a great way to let us know. We take these every week. And as a staff, we pray through each one of these. And so if this is your very first time, if you fill that out, take it to the welcome desk. And then we have just a little something, something for you, a little gift. It's our One Chapel coffee mug. It's kind of a big deal around here. I'm not quite sure why, but we'll just keep it going here. But it's great to have you here with us. Thanks, thanks so much for taking the risk to come out to a new church and, and to kind of jump in on all of this. It's great to have you here with us. A couple of things I want to draw your attention to um, before we jump into things here. Uh, um, month of October, we're using this kind of our prayer walking month. And so our objective is to prayer walk the entire Lake Travis area. Obviously, we can't do that um, by ourselves or in groups. We need you to be doing it individually. A lot of this area, you have to prayer drive because it is so vast. Uh, it might take you a while to walk it all. Um, but we have a little prayer map that we have in the back of the, in the welcome center on the little hallway off of that, but right across now from where the chick, uh, kids' check-in desk is on the way upstairs, there's a prayer map that kind of, we're kind of using as a way to show where we have already prayer walked. So all those red lines on there are places that we've already prayer walked or prayer driven. And so we want to just help engage. If all of you would just kind of engage in this as you're driving, as you're walking your neighborhood, just to do this. We have a little um, prayer walking thing. If you haven't picked up one of those, you can do that um, this morning at the welcome desk. They're all over the place. Um, These are just some ways to how to pray for your neighbors and your coworkers and the businesses. The Bible describes for us that through the blessing of a righteous, the city is exalted. And so it is our responsibility to bless our city. When so many people are na-na and saying all sorts of bad things about your neighbors or your friends or, um, or the workplaces or schools or government buildings, it's our responsibility to speak blessing and just declare God's word and his truth. I was reminded this week when I was prayer walking one of the areas that the reality is there's people that you're walking by, neighbors and people in those homes that have never been prayed for before this. And it's our responsibility to lift them up. You may not know their name, but as you're prayer, praying and driving by, you can be praying for those people. And so I would encourage you to really engage with that. We also have two organized times that we do every week, Thursday mornings from 9 to 10. If you have that time off or available, we always prayer walk a region together, get together, and several groups go, and we go and prayer walk a, a neighborhood. As well, Sundays after church, we are prayer walking. This morning after church, we're prayer, prayer walking Sweetwater, the new neighborhood just down the road here. And so if you could spend some time, just we do it from one to two, one hour. We always have pizza right after service. For those who are sticking around, 
those who are sticking around for prayer walking, we have pizza. Um, and so we'd love to feed you and then go prayer walking here together. So that's right after service. So please stick around and do that. Also, if you've seen out the welcome desk, we have a bunch of these. These are water bottles. Um, uh, these aren't really for you. These are for you to give away. These are for you. These are for you to give away. And so we have several thousand of these. And again, through the month of October, as, as we're praying and praying specifically for people, we want you to be thinking creatively how you can give these away. And so if you need several boxes of these, please, that's what they are for, for you to take. There's bags. You can fill them up all you want. Um, I told you this before, if you were here a couple weeks ago, that our Catalyst 2 men's group, we are going on Halloween down in Sweetwater, and we're going to be giving these away and, and grilling hot dogs. We're going to do some Halloweeners on Halloween. And, uh, and so we're going to have a good time with guys, and Chris is supposed to let us know how we're supposed to be dressing up. So... Um, we're going to have fun doing that. So I just encourage you, please be thinking of ways to do that. Also, one other thing here before we jump in. Um, Falltober is coming up. This is going to be our annual Fall Fest. This is our first one that we're coming here doing together um, as one chapel. But um, this is uh, October 30th. So in two Sundays from now, is that what, how it works? Two Sundays from now, from 4 to 7. So we are hosting this. This is an all-church event where one chapel from Austin, one chapel from Kyle, and obviously we are hosting this right here on this property from 4 to 7 um, on October 30th, Sunday, October 30th. And there's just a bunch of things that are going on. So first of all, I want to invite you to come. I want you to be a part of this. Second of all, I want you to come so you can help host this thing since we are the host church of this. And we're going to just fill this whole property with all sorts of fun activities for kids and for adults or three-on-three -three basketball tournament as well as sand volleyball um, as well as a bunch of other activities for kids throughout this and there's ways to sign up to help serve if you get the newsletter you'll see the little click on where you can click in and join one of the service teams also it would be very helpful since we're hosting this if you if you have any time the next two weeks to come out and help tame this property um, uh, Brian, who's responsible for all of our building and, and property and stuff, he just cannot, there's no way that one person can do all this by himself. And so if you can spend any time to help mow or trim or kill weeds or weed whip weeds or all those types of things, there's a lot of property that needs to be tamed for this event. And so just call the office and let us know what you're available to do. That would be very, very helpful. Also, there's a ton of these, guys. We have a bunch of these for you to hand out, to give out, to take to your coworkers or your neighbors as you're passing these out. You can hand these out. You can do it all together. Um, and so those are also at the welcome desk. Please take time to grab a whole stack of those and pass those out as well. All right. Now, we're gonna, we shifted this service around here just a little bit because we're going to go back into worship in just, a, in just a little bit. But before we go back into worship, I want to share a couple things with you, I think from my perspective. Because this last week, I was looking back at the last eight months. And if you don't know the story of what's happened here, um, we are a miracle in motion of what God can do in bringing two families together. Two churches merged together eight months ago, and uh, we have been in that process ever since. And I was just thinking back over these last eight months and what God has been doing in our midst. And over the past eight months, we've looked at how God wants to renew and to rebuild and to restore our broken lives. We've looked at how God wants to bring healing to our broken relationships and those 
hurts in our heart and how he wants to heal us from those addictions and heal us from those sicknesses and those diseases. And we look at how God wants to launch us into audacious faith where we're living our lives with unusual boldness that's outside of our personality, that, that we're living our life by faith, not just by sight, not just going through the motions, but we're taking steps of faith. We're even taking leaps of faith. Where we're living our lives from this confident disregard from the status quo that so many people tend to get stuck in. You know that, isn't that right? So many, so many of us, we just get stuck in doing life a certain way. Well, this audacious faith is what causes us to jump out of that, to live with a confident disregard for outside of that status quo. And we've talked about how this is just who God is. And this is what God wants to do in and through our lives. But the problem, from my perspective, is I think so many of us, when it comes to God working in our lives, is that we look for a formula. We're kind of formula-driven people. We want to know what is that key? What is the thing that's going to cause God to, to work on my behalf? And so we, we, we're looking for this point where we say, God, just show me what I'm supposed to do. Give me step one, two, and three so that my life will be renewed and restored and rebuilt. God, give me step one, two, and three so, so that I can get healed. God, give me the formula for this. Give me the step one, two, and three so that the extraordinary can occur in my life. I think so many of us, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for that quick fix, that formula that we can experience those things. But I think what's so interesting is that when you look through Scripture and you look at how God worked in and through people's lives before us, you just don't see that formula. As a matter of fact, when you look at how God has worked over the, over the generations and centuries and thousands of years in people's lives, you actually see God working in a variety of different ways. There's not just a certain way that he works in our lives. And so when we try to reduce God to a formula, what ends up happening is that we run the risk of actually missing God's miracle working power in our life because we think he has to, he has to work in this way. And so when we're looking for a formula, you can actually run the risk of missing it completely, just like a guy by the name of Naaman did. Look at this in 2 Kings chapter 5. You can follow along on the screen. It says in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I'll send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I'm sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back life? Why did this, does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. 
So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door, um, known, there, uh, known that there is a, uh, sorry, stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot, and cure my leprosy. Are not Abana and Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some, some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Now Naaman and all of his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, now I know there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Now look at this, because Naaman almost missed experiencing God's miraculous power, all because he expected to be healed in a certain way. It didn't fit his formula. It didn't fit the way that he thought that God should work. And I wonder how many times do we do that very same thing? For so many of us, when it comes to God working in our lives, we're expecting God to do it in a certain way. And so God could be telling you to do this or don't do this, but because it doesn't fit into what you're wanting to hear, you can completely disregard it as actually something that God is speaking to you, a way that he wants to heal or work or put a miracle there in your life. Let me give you kind of an example of this from my own personal life. This has been several years ago. I felt like God just dropped in my heart that I should stop um, drinking caffeine. Now, I don't know how that strikes you, but I don't, I, don't drink, I don't drink pop, but I do love my coffee and my iced tea. And so this idea of not drinking caffeine, well, surely that can't be God, right? I mean, God is in caffeine, and we all need that first thing in, 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 the, in the morning. And so I just completely dismissed it and thought, everybody else drinks caffeine, God. Why in the world do I need to stop drinking caffeine? It doesn't make logical sense. It's not what should happen. I mean, there's nothing bad with caffeine. I mean, I look at the doctor's report, and a little caffeine is actually good, good for you. And so I, that was my argument. Four years go by, and I continue this argument with God, completely disregarding it as something that really was from God. As a matter, I didn't really think it was something that was really from God. But I, was, I took a time where I was um, doing some prayer and fasting and just kind of consecrating before the Lord, just kind of simplifying my life. And in one of those things, I was just taking things out of my life during this short period of time where I was just kind of fasting and praying. And again, I took caffeine out during that. And anybody who knows when you come off of caffeine, you have these great headaches and, that are just fun. And, um, and so... So I, I went all through that, and then again, I felt like God spoke to my heart and said, do not take caffeine again. Just stop drinking caffeine. Well, this time I finally just thought, okay, uh, I don't know, God, if this is really you or not, um, but I'm just, I'm just going to stop drinking caffeine. And I haven't been drinking caffeine ever since. Interesting thing is, um, I don't know exactly why God told me to do that. I don't have all those pieces to the puzzle at this point. But I can tell you one thing, my body actually feels better. 
interestingly enough, ever since I stopped drinking caffeine, I don't know what it was doing to me. And this is not a projection on you, okay? Please don't, don't hear that as saying, thus saith the Lord, don't drink caffeine. <laughs> okay? Don't throw anything, please. <laughs> because that's not what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with, with caffeine. But that's what God spoke to me. And I resisted it, thinking, why should I do this? I want you to think about that, because why do we struggle with this so much? Why do we struggle to accept that the work that God wants to do in our lives may actually come through a diet change? Or it might actually come through a lifestyle change? Or it might come through going to a surgeon, or going back to school, or having this conversation with such a person. Why do we struggle thinking that that's not really God, that God's not really doing such a thing? Well, it's because of this Naaman syndrome. We want God just to speak the word, to snap his finger so that we can be instantly healed. We want God to just speak the word and to snap his finger so that that thing that we've been audaciously praying for will just land in our lap. And then we can just continue on our lives as if nothing has changed. That's kind of how I think most of our mentalities are. But here's the thing. God doesn't work through formulas, folks. I hate to give you some negative kind of information here this morning, but I think it's really important for you to understand. There's not a formula to any of this. As much as we want God to work in in a formula, he just doesn't do it. But the one thing that I've become convinced of is that if we want to see God work in and through our lives, then we have to have a mindset for the miraculous. If you want God to work in your life, if you want God to work through you, then there is something that's absolutely important for you to have, and that is this mindset of the miraculous. I want to show you what I mean by this. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, it says, When he, that is Jesus, came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth. I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subject of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the servant, go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed that very hour. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. When the evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and carried our diseases. Now, I want you to look at this, because there's four people, a leper, a centurion, a mother-in-law, and a demoniac, and all were made whole by the miraculous healing power of Jesus Christ. But did you notice something? Did you notice that the way Jesus worked in their life was different for each one of them? 
But there is one thing that was consistent with all four of them, and that is they all demonstrated this mindset for the miraculous. And I want to show you what I mean, because the mindset of the miraculous means this. Number one, you're believing that Jesus has the answer. When you think about the mindset of the miraculous, you're believing that Jesus has the answer. With the centurion, he knew the minute that Jesus entered Capernaum, that Jesus was the answer for his servant's sickness. He knew that he knew that he knew that Jesus was the answer for his servant's sickness. And so for us, it means that beyond all medical wisdom, beyond all medical provision that's out there, beyond all professional counseling and professional therapy, beyond what you can read in books and magazines and on the internet, beyond all that type of thing, that you know that when you need a miracle, that Jesus, above all other things, You know that you know that you know that Jesus has the answer. That's what a mindset of the miraculous means. You're believing that Jesus has the answer. As well as a mindset of of the miraculous also means, number two, you're living with a servant's heart. You're living with a servant's heart. With Peter's mother-in-law, she knew how to live her life, not just for herself, but for others. And just as the the centurion servant um, was made well, she was made well too. And I think if you think about this in terms of your own life, Because how many of you know that when your body doesn't feel good, you're not thinking about anybody else? When you're sick or you're you're struggling with some sort of disease, when there's pain in your body, all of a sudden the world just becomes very small, doesn't it? It's hard to think beyond that. When, you're, when your relationships are in turmoil, when your heart is hurting, when you're struggling with different things, what tends to happen is that our focus gets so consumed on ourselves and we stop seeing the world and we stop seeing the people around us. But what's interesting, when you look at Scripture time and time and time again, when you look at the blessing of God comes on those whose attention is not focused on themselves but on others, who have an outward focus, who are loving and caring for other people. Jesus actually talks about this in Matthew 6, verse 31. It says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. In other words, don't be so consumed about all the things that are about you. Don't let the focus be on what you need and what you're supposed to do today or tomorrow. Don't let your focus be on your needs. But look at what he says in 33, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What's your focus? Where is your focus? Is your focus just on yourself or your needs consuming you? Or are you able to look outside of yourself and see the world and the people around you? Are you helping and serving and loving the people around you? A mindset of the miraculous means instead of focusing on me and my pain and my situation and my problem, instead I'm putting my focus on the kingdom of God and in helping and serving and loving others. And then a mindset of the miraculous also means, number three, you're declaring the fulfillment of God's word. You're declaring the fulfillment of God's word. With the demoniac, the gospel records here that the leaders of the church, they knew that what what Jesus was doing in delivering those who were demon-possessed was the fulfillment of God's word. And this has been something that I've been trying to kind of plant in our hearts over these last eight months. This is the reason why over these last eight months I've, I've handed out a lot of little handouts of different scriptures and truth and God's promises 
for our lives, these different devotionals from the Word of God, because I really think it's a missing thing in most believers, most Christians' lives. And that is being able to declare, to proclaim, to speak God's truth in His Word over your, your marriage, over your family, over your life, over your job, over your income, over, over this, this our, our city, our neighborhood, the world. It's speaking and declaring those things, declaring God's promises. Let me just say, you have a lot of things that are being forced at you. You have a lot of voices that are speaking into your life constantly on every given day. Where is God's voice? Where is God's truth in the mix of that? And so to intentionally, with your own mouth, to declare God's truth over your situation, it breathes life into your heart. And what it does, it sets you up. Because a mindset of a miraculous means that no matter what you see or what you hear or what you feel or what hormones are raging through your body or what others are saying, a mindset of the miraculous means that you continue to just declare the truth of God's word over your life. And then one more a mindset of the miraculous also means, number four, you're worshiping with anticipation. You're worshiping with anticipation. With a leper, he went to Jesus and worshiped with the anticipation that he would be made well. He just knew it. He knew it. All he needed, he had this anticipation that Jesus was going to do something in his life. Let me ask you a question. When you came in here this morning, when you came to church this morning, when you're getting ready for church this morning, when you decided to drive here and to come to church, what was your motivation? I mean, are you just going through the motions because it's Sunday morning and this is just what we are supposed to do? We're supposed to come to church. It's it's a tradition for you. And when we start singing, when the band starts playing, you start singing and you clap your hands. You're not even really sure why you're doing any of this or why you're singing these songs that may be even unfamiliar. What's the motivation behind all of this? Because it's just so easy to get caught up going through the motions. Again, a mindset of the miraculous means that you worship with anticipation, that there's a belief in your heart and an excitement in your spirit that you know you're going to meet with God. You know he's going to do something great. He's going to do something in your life. And that's why you got up. When the rest of the world is having brunch right now, you got up and came to church because you're expecting God to do something, not just sing and sit in a chair and and kind of be talked to or songs being sung over you, but you're, you come because there's an anticipation in your own heart. Remember, we talked about this. Faith is the unconditional confidence that compels me to act according to the eternal truth of who God is and according to his will. In other words, I'm so convinced that I am who God says I am and I have what God says that I have, that I act according to that reality. Not according to how I feel or what I see or what I think or what's happening in the world around me. I act according to the eternal truth of who God is. Which means the more I get God's word inside of me, the more I begin to declare with my own mouth the promises and the truth from God's word, the more I serve others and more I put my focus off of myself, and the more I worship with God with anticipation, the more this mindset of the miraculous begins to percolate in my heart. This anticipation, this expectation begins to grow inside of me. And this is why we decided to rearrange the service. 
to take it out of just the same old, same old, going through the motion and to kind of jerk the slack out of you and ask the question, why are we here? Why did we come to church this morning? It's not to hear us. It's not to hear these great musicians behind me. The reason why we come is because it's an opportunity to meet God. It's an opportunity for God to do something great in your life, to speak into the situation of your life. And I don't know if you noticed it, but this world around us is sure getting a little uncertain. (laughs) This world around us is getting pretty chaotic. The voices in this world is the clatter that feels like fingernails on a chalkboard. This is what's around us. But I'm telling you something. God is the anchor to your soul. He is that line that you can, are able to stand firmly on no matter what shakes around you. He's the one that you can go to. Whatever situation is clamoring in your life, that we can run to him. And so that's why I want to encourage you to do here this morning. The worship team is going to lead us in worship here today. We're going to use different songs as a way to engage you. Okay, that's the purpose of song. This is to engage your heart, to engage your mind, to engage your spirit so that you can get your focus off of yourself and the world around us and all the situations that are clamoring for your attention and to put your focus back on God with the expectation that he wants to meet with you. And so this is how we're going to do it. So I want to take all so-called rules out of this time here, okay? All this are our traditions of the way we kind of just get locked into doing things. So the worship team is going to lead us in different songs, yes. So I want you to, I want you to sing, yes. I want you to clap your hands, yes. But if you want to sit, sit. If you want to stand, stand. If you want to kneel, kneel. If you want to walk around, you can walk around, folks. All right? I, just, I want to get you out of, the, out of your norm here. As well, we have stations around here in the, in the auditorium because there's aspects of worship that I want you to engage in. We're, we have two communion stations up here. At any point you want to come and take communion as part of your worship, you, you don't have to wait for anybody else, you come and take communion whenever you want to do that. As well, we have offering baskets here and offering baskets there. Did you know that giving is worship? When we give our tithes and our offerings, that's worship. And so when you're ready to give your tithes and your offering, there's some right here, a basket right here, there's baskets back in the back. You can do that either place, okay? But a part of your worship. Nobody's going to tell you when to come to communion. Nobody's going to tell you when to give your offering. It's just these guys are just going to go for it. And you come and do it as well. There's some stations here on the, on the far ends and also in the back that I've just put some more of those scriptures, more of God's truth. You, if you want to grab some of those and just as part of this, just begin to declare God's truth over your life, you can do that as well. No rules, everybody. Okay? Come on, turn to your neighbor. Look at, look at your neighbor. Don't look at me. Look at your neighbor. All right? And tell him, okay, no traditions here this morning. No traditions. All right? Just go after God. Just go after God. Come on, stand on your feet if you would, please. Father, we just, we do, we come to you right now. And Lord, we know, I know how easy it is just to do the same old, same old, just to go through the motions of something where we never really engage our 
our thoughts and our heart and we don't come with anticipation but the amazing thing is God you were here before us and that you had anticipation in your own heart because we were coming to meet with you and so father I thank you that you know the particulars and the situations of every person here in this room you know what's going on in the dark. You know what's stealing their focus. You know what's causing them to be withdrawn in. And so, Father, I pray that God, in the only way that you can, that you would take us outside of just looking at our own lives. That, God, that you would take us beyond our own situations and the things that are consuming us. God, that we would take you out of those boxes. God, forgive us for making you so small. Forgive us for putting you in that box and, and expecting you to work in some sort of formula and expecting you to be some certain way and that's the only way that you can work. And God, we want to take off the, those limits. God, that you could just simply work however you want to work. Father, we're asking God that, and I pray that you just speak into every heart here this morning. God, I thank you that you are greater than every situation we encounter. Father, we are just so thankful. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in our life. Thank you that we can come here, that we can know you, that we can, we can come to know God because, Jesus, of what you have done, your sacrifice for us. And so we just cry out, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father.
want you to just close your eyes right here. Because God was just stirring in my own heart here. And he, he's trying to speak some things to you, but the word that he put in my, in my own heart is that there are there's some bullies in your life that are pushing out the hand of God, God working in your life. And those bullies may come in a variety of different ways. It may come in relational difficulties. It may come in a sickness or a disease or a bad report that you get from the doctor. It may, become, it may come in some form of loss. It may come in these, these, these floods of different emotions that tend to overtake you in, in a negative way. It may be an economic thing. It may be a job situation. But these bullies are pushing back and pushing out the hand of God that's trying to work in your life. I want you to listen to this passage in Psalms 86. Just right where we are. There's no one quite like you among the gods, O Lord. And nothing to compare your works. All the nations you made are on their way, ready to give honor to you, O Lord, ready to put your beauty on display, parading your greatness and the great things you do. God, you're the one. There's no one but you. So train me, God, to walk straight. Then I'll follow your true path. Put me together, one heart and one mind. Then undivided, I'll worship in joyful fear. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you, dear Lord, I've never kept secrets what you're up to. You've always been great toward me. What love. You snatched me from the brink of disaster. But God, these bullies have reared their heads. Listen to this. A gang of thugs is after me, and they don't care a thing about you. That's what the psalmist is describing. He's describing these different forces. And that may be exactly what you're experiencing here this morning that's pushing out even the voice of God. But it says, but you, O God, are both tender and kind, not easily angered, immense in love, and you never, never quit. You never give up on us. So look me in the eye and show me kindness. Give your servant the strength to go on. Save your dear, dear child. Make a show of how much you love me. So the bullies who hate me stand there slack-jawed as you, God, gently and powerfully put me back on my feet. Father, I pray right now for everyone that feels overwhelmed by what's happening in their life. All these bullies that are pressing in and pushing back and causing us to feel like you're not even there, God. Father, I thank you that you are greater than all of these forces, and you laugh at these bullies and these so-called thugs that have been threatening our life. And so, Father, I pray right now, in the name of Jesus, that those voices would be still, that, that those emotions when we remain quiet. That God, right here, right now, the God of the impossible, God, that you would break through every one of those forces that are trying to push the voice of God out. Yeah. 
I just feel like there's some people here that just feel stuck in that. You feel cornered by those bullies. And again, that bully may be an emotion. It may be thoughts. It may be circumstances. And you feel cornered by those bullies. But I'm telling you, God wants to stand right, right in front of you and shine his light to break, to push back those bullies that have cornered you in. We're just going to continue to worship here. But as you do, I'm going to ask just the prayer team to be up front here as well. Just another part of this, to pray with you, to lay their hands on you, to be able to minister to you in any sort of way. And so let's just continue to worship God, knowing that he sees what's going on in your life, knowing that he wants to break through there. Come on, let's continue just to worship.
or say, God, I want to respond to you. Here's my heart so you can teach it, that you can show it in ways, God. Here's my life so it can look like, like you're guiding it. We're going to go into a song right here called I Surrender. And it's kind of more of that. It's I surrender my heart to you, God. I surrender my life. Um, so, Father, would you have your way, Lord? God, speak to our hearts, God. Bring out, God, the things in us, God, that have, have been scared, God, have been bullied into a corner, God, that we haven't been able to hear your voice, God, that we've, we've been afraid to approach you, Lord. God, we're open to you, Lord.
want you to do something here. If you would just sit down. They're going to continue to worship here. But I want you to take something down that you can write, whether it's a note on your, your phone, you know, the note app, or a piece of paper that's right in front of you. There's pens in front of you. So everybody gets something. Okay, everybody gets something. I want you to do an action here. Find something you can write, write on, either on your phone or on a piece of paper. You can take one of those things that's in front of you. This is just for you, nobody else. You're not going to turn this in. You're not doing anything. This is just for you. We worship with anticipation. We worship knowing that God wants to meet with us. And there are so many things that bully him out, that push that engagement that he has for us. But, but here's what I think. I think God has been speaking to you here this morning. And maybe you don't know what that means. You know, think of it this way. It's when, a lot of times how God speaks is when it's like he shines his light on something and just kind of magnifies for you. It's, it's like it just gets your attention. It can be as simple as that. What's gotten your attention this morning? Maybe he dropped a word in your heart. Maybe as we've talked about things or songs that we've sung, there's just a word that's kind of stuck in you or a scripture or a phrase. I want you to write that down, okay? I want you to take a step of faith and write it down. And, and I want you to think about it this way. What is it that God is speaking to you? What is it that he's drawing your attention to this morning? And I want you to put it on paper. I want you to see it with your own eyes and you're going to take it with you, but you need to write it first. Write on your phone, write on a piece of paper. What is it? What is it that this light's been kind of shining on? What has it been kind of magnifying just a little bit? What has he been drawing your attention to? What has he revealed or stirred in your heart something? For some of you, it is an action point that you need to go do this. You need to go have this conversation. You need to stop this. Or so, some of it's just, a, you don't know what it exactly is. It's just, I, I, there's just, God's just shine his light on this word. You know, you don't know what it, all that means. But there's something there that he's been speaking to you. So it may be something about where you've been bullied. And he's showing you've been bullied. These bullies have put you in this corner. And this is your bully. And God's wanting to break through that for you. Whatever it is, just come on, just write down here. And, and just continue, just the worship team is just going to lead us again. And just one more song here. And just let God just continue just to, just to stir in your heart here, okay? Let's do this.
Father, I thank you here this morning. I thank you for shaking us out of the norm and just going through the same old, same old. But but I thank you for grabbing a hold of us and reminding us how much you want to meet with us, how much you want to speak into our lives. And so, Father, I pray that even through the rest of this day and through this week, that that mindset of the miraculous would just continue to grow, that we'd be continually reminded to allow your word to penetrate our hearts, that we would proclaim and declare your truth just over and over and over as the world around us seems so chaotic and uncertain. And all these voices, all these voices that are clamoring for our attention, these loud noises that can be so irritating. Father, I pray that your peace would center us God, that we take our focus off of ourselves and our situations and what's going on in our own life, that we'd seek first your kingdom and your righteousness so that all the needs that we have, all the legitimate things that are going on in our life, that you would be able to meet those for us. And that, God, that we would continue throughout this day and throughout this week to worship with anticipation knowing that you're going to do something great in us, knowing that you're going to speak into that situation, knowing that you have a way through all of those life situations. And so, Father, let that mindset of the miraculous just stir inside of us. Father, I pray, God, that you would bless these people, every one of us, their marriages, their families, their kids, their job situations, Father, their homes and resources, God, that you would give them favor, Lord, that they would be blessed beyond measure, that, God, we would see your blessing, Father, that your hand would be upon them, that your face would shine on them, that you would be gracious to them, and, Lord, that you would give them peace, peace that surpasses all of our understanding of what's going on in the natural, but your peace that guards and protects our hearts in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for all of these people who've come out here today. And Lord, I just declare that they are blessed. They are favored of God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. So good to have you here this morning. If you would like people to continue to pray for you, we have some prayer teams that are going to stick around here. Again, you don't have to go through it by yourself. If you're being bullied, <laughs> get somebody to grab a hold of you and say, okay, let's break through this thing. Whatever's going on in your life, you want somebody to pray, they'll just, they'll just hang out around here.